0: This is Why Libertarian, the show dedicated to telling the stories of libertarians new and old, promoting libertarian values, and fighting against authoritarians, statists, feds, and anyone else who would like to steal your liberty and freedom. I am Matthew Struck, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this episode. Enjoy. Welcome, 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 Liberty liberty Lovers. This is Matthew Struck with Why Libertarian, coming at you every single Tuesday at 5 p.m. Uh, thank you for logging in, um, or if you watch this in recording, thank you for watching it um, in advance. Please remember to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Uh, remember, this is the blog and podcast that is Everything Libertarian. Make sure to share it to get it out there to current libertarians, as well as anyone who might be libertarian curious. So for this episode, we have a couple of guests, one of which you know, one of which you may have heard of, but might not know. Um, I am joined today by Mike Rufo, and also I am joined by uh, pretty much the what would you say the ire of Republicans and Democrats right now, Shane? Is is that pretty much what you are? <laughs> oh, Arch-Demots? they love me, brother. They love me. Thanks for having me, guys. No problem. I you definitely have a Lex Luthor vibe. I think <laughs> also with them going on. No, <laughs> so evil.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I've I, I've magically multiplied votes across both Democrats and Republicans at the same time, and so uh, the, the, the math is weird, but it's uh it's a math that those guys like doing, and uh, yeah, we are the bane of their existence right now it's glorious
2: yeah
0: hey, and what did you call him, mike you called him what the the most important man in politics uh, yeah no
2: shane hazel is the most important man in u.s politics right now his opinion hashtag shane's opinion matters because <laughs> <laughs> there's 120,000 hundred and twenty thousand people who want to know who shane thinks they should vote for right now <laughs> and that's gonna take the election I-
1: I tell you what, man. I don't. I think there's a lot of. Uh, I think there's two million plus Republicans and Democrats that want to know who I want to push people for. And I think there is a bunch of Libertarians who don't need to be told what to fucking do. And just, excuse yeah. me. Can I, can I cuss on this show, dude? Yeah, yeah, this is a Libertarian
0: show. You can do whatever the hell you want. All there's right. no nudity, <laughs> or, or you know, Damn it. peaceful nudity. I
1: because won't stand your... up then.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, that, that is like a uh, that is a, a very, I guess I would call it interesting place to be in. Right. Um, yeah. You know, I did you have kind of a premonition that it would come to a head like this?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't a premonition. You know, we got into the thing and, you know, looking at what was going on in Georgia, uh, especially with this election. You, you, I mean, I think what we hit July and we were already talking about like mail ins and post office and corruption. And I mean, it, it, the stage was being set for us and the fact that we had two senatorial u.s senate races here in georgia you knew people's eyes were going to be on the state one was definitely going to a runoff no matter what And my goal uh when i got elected or or nominated to run i was just like let's send the second one and let's do it without spending a cent and boy that pisses a lot of people off man how do you do that (laughs) without
2: spending money shane
1: you know, it, I think it's just you stay on message, you stay on principle, you you, you you talk about what's important to the normal man and woman in America right now, right? It's like, hey, in the fucking lockdowns, you tyrants, like that's first yes. and foremost, yes. right? Like that, that's that's got to be the first thing out of most libertarians mouth. The other thing is in the wars, in the Fed, and in the empire, the, the bureaucratic nightmare that is our lives. Like, if those are four silly little things that every libertarian can sit there and go, "Yeah, I could probably run a campaign around this kind of stuff." And then, obviously, uh, you know, having a having a podcast, um, you know, I'm sure didn't hurt. Uh, yeah. Thing, right. <laughs> well, so j- just
0: so people know, a la uh, the sign behind you, and also uh, I'll throw a little. Uh, I'll throw a little screen share plug in here for you if I can get it to work. There we go. Uh the radical uh podcast and vlog is something that everyone should definitely tune into. Um I've I've seen you you're uh, what are you on episode 58, 59, some, Boy, somewhere uh, in there,
1: right? I think I just hit 68 episodes. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. I'm behind. I gotta catch up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just keep moving, man. I'm you know, just put one foot in front of the other and keep drudging through it. Yep. Uh,
0: So on radical, um, do you think that that really kind of helped you get that message out there of those libertarian principles and values that you were running on?
1: Yeah, I mean, whenever you can spend an hour right uh, on a soapbox and explain ideas to people, and that's the thing is like, you know, I, I welcome everybody. It's a Democrat, Republican. I don't care what you call yourself, Team Red, Team Blue. Um, obviously, my, my libertarians, my anarchists, anybody, just come. Let's Let's have conversations. Let's talk to people. And so, you know, I, I do everything from, you know, education in terms of the anti-federalists, because let's, let's face it, like. I'll settle for the constitution in my lifetime, but I'm really probably more of an anti-federalist kind of guy. Like, Hey, okay. as decentralized as we can get. Um, but you know, we do that. We bring on, you know, a whole bunch of people who are in the libertarian movement, but we've also brought on, uh, people that are Republicans and Democrats that didn't realize that they think more in line with us, you know? And that's like, Hey, look, as long as peace- people are peaceful, we shouldn't be harassing them. We shouldn't be caging them and we shouldn't be killing them. Like fantasy crimes got to quit. So I think, you know, being able to do that long form for, you know, a couple hours, if not more a week is, uh, is definitely one of those things that obviously helped us out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now I think what's interesting is uh, just being, you know, Mike and I both being located out of Jersey and you being located out of Georgia. um, What's really interesting is kind of like the different mix, right? So like, We're in Democrat Haven in New Jersey. Uh, Georgia is like, I I guess, on the seesaw, you know, in terms of kind of which way the wind blows right now. Um, I mean, depending on how the (laughs) redistricting works. Um, But, you know, I I mean, uh, you know, those messages come across. I, I guess you have to do you have to come with a different message is my question. Or do you have to deliver it in a different way? like? I mean, not, not that, have you ever lived in the Northeast? Like, I don't know if you've ever spent time in New Jersey and New York.
1: Yeah, actually, um, uh, I'm not going to say who I work for, but the company that I run my day job out of is in New Jersey. And so I've spent quite a bit of time up there and I definitely get it. I I, I love South Jersey, Northern Jersey. Uh, man, there's some there's some weird things going on up there, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably the closer you get to that damn epicenter of New York. But yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm Midwestern raised. Uh, You know, my parents were. Uh, I'm from Michigan originally, so it's one of those things where you know you come down here and you you realize that a lot of the people who are in power in the power structure, there are actually Blue Dog Democrats that decided after the 1960s obviously that they couldn't get elected uh anymore and that you know that whole uh party was dying so they became republicans to get elected right so there's a lot of people down here that play both sides of the fence very well and it is it's kind of gross i mean it's actually very gross um and and the corruption i don't know i'm sure there's I think the corruption in New York or New Jersey is way up there, but I'll tell you right now, like people don't think of the South as m- maybe being that corrupt. It is super corrupt down here, um, yeah. and so it's 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 not any of that kind of stuff because most people, man, like I said, it's like, hey, we agree. And if you can command a crowd and 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 speak truthfully and in principle and consistently, it's like it's that's what people want. That's what people want. And it's just yeah. basic human nature, I think
0: yeah definitely i has that been your experience mike like in terms of uh corruption and kind of the general uh i, I guess the the general stereotype of new jersey politics i mean I, I think washington doesn't really have much on new jersey
2: politics i don't think i, I want to I say that jersey and new york are probably as dirty as it gets but then you forget about california because they're all the way over there but i mean it's it's the same. I mean, it's it's if you don't know the right person, you're not getting whatever it is you want, right? Like it's all about whose uncle has what contract with what politician in what town. I mean, that's that's really how all of New Jersey's politics is broken out. Like if you go to any contract with any government entity in the state of New Jersey, there's a relative no more than two or three degrees separated from that go- from that organization that got the contract yeah. with the town. Like it's impossible not to see, and it. Nobody cares. So you just got to get an audience and be principled and stay true to who you are. And just be exactly like Shane says, there's no getting away from it. Just don't become part of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's like the old Italian adage. You got to know a guy, right? You got to have I gotta a know
2: guy. That. Everybody knows.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, so I... Shane, so you said you didn't raise any money at all. Was there like uh, a, a reason? Did, I mean, did you kind of like stand on that as a principle for the campaign, or well, was there some other aspect to it?
1: So I ran this complaint uh, campaign completely by myself. Uh, it was one of those things where I'd run okay. um, it, as a Republican in 2018 for the U.S. Senate uh, or for U.S. House uh, over in the Georgia Seventh District, and you know, as a first timer, we did pretty well. I thought we were playing by the duopoly's rulebook. A little too much, and you know, like I come from kind of a special operations background in terms of like understanding asymmetrical warfare and disruption and, and counterinsurgency, and so like I wanted to do things wildly different. And I had a campaign manager, Banks, who you know obviously was part of my my last show called the Rebellion, and um, you know he was, he, although he was very different from those people, he was also still playing by their playbook, and a lot of it was way too safe. Um and my determination. I think if you can bring hmm. that authenticity, it's, it's a good thing. But to get to, sorry for the long answer, but to get back to your question, it's like, um, COVID rolled around. Brian kept the governor down here, who is a Republican, locked us down. Um, and I was like, no, this is this isn't going to work. And I, you know, I knew, you know, obviously, um, because we understand economics that our 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 economy was just going to go to shit. So, um, I said, hey, listen, everybody. Don't donate to me, Uh, donate to your neighbors, uh, to your local charities and get out there and support your small businesses. Don't waste your money in politics. And I really, I mean, I think that resonated with a bunch of people that said, Hey, listen, you know, like this guy isn't even raising money right now because he believes that that money is better spent on charity in his hometown. And that's what we, you know, that's what we have to do as libertarians is like, we got to live it, man. Like if we're talking about, you know, taking care of uh, the the downtrodden and the people that uh, just you know, have maybe caught some bad breaks out there or, or the, the infirmed like, Hey, charity, charity, charity. We gotta, we gotta be that people that, uh, that actually go out there and set the example.
0: Well, yeah, it's, it's proof of concept. Like, right, Mike, like it's gotta be proof of concept from the standpoint of, you know, you have to eat it and sleep it and breathe it. And it's got to win out. Like, cause if it doesn't, I mean, we believe in competition, right? Yeah.
2: You got you got to make sure you're you're living the message. I mean, listen, I, I completely changed my entire career so that I could more live the message, so that I could homeschool my daughter, so that I could be a, an independent contractor, so that I mean, everything, every decision I made this year was to make sure that I was living the values that I preach. And if you're not doing that, you lose a lot. And I think, like Shane said, people respect that. Like, hey man, this guy's actually doing what he's talking about. He's just not some blowhard on the internet. Who, who's trying to yell and scream at the, at the wind. You know, he's not yelling at windmills. He's actually trying to, 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 to do something about it strategically.
0: Well, not to mention the fact that there's, there's two dynamics here, right? Like the American people have become accustomed to the do as I say, not as I do politicians that are there. Right. So like, you know, it, it's good enough for you, but it's not good enough for me. So I'm going to live by my own set of rules, you know, Pelosi getting her hair cut you know, Mayor of Chicago celebrating and dancing in the streets and then calling off Thanksgiving. I mean, all of this shit, basically, uh, people are sick and tired of, right? Um, and then throw on top of that, you have basically half the country who pretty much voted for Trump because they love that he just speaks his mind. I, I think it's time. Like, as libertarians, it's not time to walk on eggshells. Like, am I am I off base? Do you, do you think that kind of that plays, Shane? Or do you think we still have
1: to kind of like bite our tongue a little bit? Radical. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can see this behind me, but it's uh th- 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 my show is called Radical. I mean, yeah. it's, it's it's a funny thing in, you know, well, I I guess the more I reflect on it, it's, it it's actually more of a, a natural, but you know, 2020, if you're talking about peace and liberty and free markets, you're radical. Like you are absolutely, you know, somebody like, you know, the the anti federalists that came around Um, the, you know, the, the, the Patrick Henry's and, and, and Sam Adams and like the guys that were like, Hey, fuck you, you're not going to rule my life. You can leave me alone or you're going to get shot or taken care of one way or another. Me and the boys are going to come and figure this stuff out. So, um, but I, I think, you know, over the course of history, it is a very radical thing um, to be in that minority that has the backbone and the testicular fortitude, uh, to sit there and say, Hey, listen, fuck off. You know, like we're done. And the thing is, is like, we're begging, like, we don't want to fight you guys. We want to be at peace with you guys. And if, you know, if, if that's, if that's what it takes, it's what it takes. Like, it, you got to be upfront, You got to be honest and you got to share that fire, man, because I mean that, you know, as something I saw, you know, going into battle uh, a long time ago, uh, it was one of those things where you could see the guys who were very fearful and that shit's contagious. But so mm-hmm. is courage right and, and that courage to stand up and just be a you know be a normal person and people see you for being the normal person that takes that step out of your comfort zone that's also contagious and I'll tell you right now you want to really inspire people take stands be a you know I don't, I don't say be disrespectful but be a big mouth man go out there and say everything that you've learned you guys I mean the libertarian crowd
0: we, we lost him
1: for a second <laughs>
0: So, I he was about to like have a mic drop moment, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was me. It was me last. Wait, time.
2: We'll,
0: we'll we'll get him back though. I, I think I, I love the the thought that we haven't um we haven't struggled as a country for a long time, right? Um oh do we have you back, Shane? We we have you back. Yeah <laughs> I think moment. we lost it.
1: You were about to like you
0: had a you, were, a, you had a, crap, a mic drop it, moment there It from. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, I as libertarians, I yeah. You don't have him back yet.
2: You don't We're, we're hit or miss. You don't have Mac back yet?
1: No, I got you. I don't have him back yet.
2: Oh, well, I got both of you running. He's got both of us, and I've got both of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're messing with us, I swear to God. It's <laughs> These Uh, bastards. So So you you were saying though, Shane, like the libertarian crowd has, you know, and then you were getting ready for a real good mic drop moment, and we lost it.
1: I'll I'll tell you, yeah, the the libertarian crowd, I think, is one of the smartest groups of people. They are so well read and self-studied and consistent. Like to, to to walk among, you know, the libertarians, and and you know, maybe even be included with, you know, some of these amazing voices out there, like, I'm not the smartest guy. And and I think that's one of the things that the libertarian crowd has to to offer is like, we're, we're super consistent. They're super studied. But our ability, I think what we need to work on is our ability to be empathetic with people. And that's weird coming from a Marine, right? Like, we're not the most empathetic people, but the ability to touch people and, and make these moral issues and not policy issues, man, that that's what goes a million miles in this day and age,
2: right? You gotta have you gotta have that moral connection so that they mm. know you're on the same page. You, they, people have to trust you, and they're not going to trust you if you don't connect with them emotionally first. So you got to make the emotional connection. Let them realize, hey, I understand the problem. I know the problem exists. We can both agree that the problem lies here. Hey, here's a solution for you. Then you bring the solution in. But the, too often, a lot of libertarians, because they're so brainy and everyone's so smart, they just come right out and say no, you're doing it wrong. Here's the right answer. And then they try and force feed policy down someone's throat when that person's not ready to have a conversation with them yet. And you got to really be able to break something. You got to break down walls and you have to be able to converse with someone before you can start discussing policy. Cause until then they won't realize that you want the same end game. I want everybody to be happy and live with their families with big smiles on their face and big fat full bellies. Right? Like, like, like we all want the same thing, man. Like, I want you to be able to, everybody wants to be able to do what they want, when they want, how they want, and have big, fat, full bellies. We all want the same thing. Great. Now, let's talk about the road to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so uh, do you guys have me back now? You
0: can hear me? Gotcha. Awesome. All right. So uh, I know you're in sales, Mike. Are you in sales as well, Shane?
1: Yeah, I've been in uh, business development and sales uh, p- pretty much since I left the Marine Corps, like 2007-ish.
0: Yeah. So w- what's the first thing you do when you meet a new prospect? It's build rapport. Right. Yeah, like that's the pers- who, who
1: are they? What do, they, what do yeah. they do? What do they love? What kind of family life they got? What are they into in terms of, you know, hobbies and stuff like just yep. anything besides business? Almost
0: that's per, per, personal interests, draw parallels, right? Like yep. try and find common ground, try and find that personal bond that's between the two of you. And then you use that as the gateway to talking about what you want to talk about. Right. And and the other thing that we don't do as libertarians is we we sell features. We don't sell benefits like there's a lot of times that we're looking at you know like oh well we're we're talking about the mechanics of why the fed shouldn't be there and the 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 inherent corruption what we need to do is we need to connect that and i think ron paul did a g- decent job of this i wouldn't say that he was like an, an expert at it but he was really decent at it was connecting that you know the machine's broken here and this is what it's causing you if we try this alternative this is what's going to bring your life like that kind of like A to B to C kind of process is a lot more um, I say uh, I would say effective of a sales tool of the principles of libertarianism. Um, is that is that something that you kind of see yourself employing in in your day to day, Shane? When you're running,
1: uh, I'll tell you what I for me one of the greatest tools in clubs, <laughs> like a, not like a club you're in, like a like, a, like cudgel, yeah, cudgel. <laughs> <laughs> like i'll tell you what man i am uh I, i'm i'm kind of Aspergery when it comes to the us constitution right like i i i've realized that hey listen this is a contract it's a it it, it is the contract that we quote unquote as states agreed over 200 years ago to participate in and if that thing gets you know put to the side or is null and void then hey you know, we're we're done like so if you can if you can relate hey listen war peace negotiation and foreign commerce the, the the national government, the federal level of government, that's all you guys are supposed to do. Does war, peace, negotiation, foreign commerce stay the hell away from the rest of us and leave us alone? Your interstate commerce clause, your general welfare clause, um, what else do they abuse? The, the necessary and proper clause. Uh, all the clauses aren't powers. All the clauses are descriptive of the powers in Article 1, Section 8, for the most part. And so, when you, like, like I said, I get Aspergery. So, if you can talk about, you know, how there was never a direct tax, how there was, you know, the, the spending was supposed to be in the house and the house alone. Uh, when you understand where rights come from and the fact that they don't come from government and the constitution would have never ever ever been adopted by the anti-federalists had they not put in the Bill of Rights in the beginning, which, oh, by the way, has the Ninth Amendment and the Tenth Amendment, which are both catch-alls for the people in the states, saying, Hey, just in case you thought you could do some shit. You can't, by the way. Like, these people, this is all their stuff. And you can explain that to Republicans. Democrats don't give a shit. But, like, exposing Republicans that talk about the the Constitution and then have, like, a 20% constitutional voting record, it makes it so simple. Like, I don't have to do shit. It's amazing. yeah. Look at this!
0: You, you, you like I teed it up. You hit it out of the park. So this is
1: absolutely fantastic. <laughs> look, look at those losers. And that's the thing is like I, I had a conversation with David Perdue the other day. He's a nice enough guy, but he's a politician, man. And you look at that. Hey, if if you go down one tweet from that, uh, I, I think that was Ryan Graham who tweeted that thing out. That was go Good. down one and look at the picture on that one and tell me what you see there. You
0: want to see AOCs? That that's what you're asking me for. Yeah. All right. So everyone who thinks that the two Republicans are so constitutional in Georgia, one would think deep red state constitutional Republicans match made in heaven, right? Yep. Juxtapose these two against AOC. She dude. Had.
1: She's like she's better. She's like a scholar.
0: <laughs> <Compared> to-
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> what the fuck? and and that's the thing is like you like you know I am sitting there telling David hey man come on the show and and win some votes you know of the you know people that you think you can win some votes from but I'll tell you right now like I didn't know AOC was sitting at like 48% and 60% this year and had she not voted for impeachment on Trump she would be probably closer to 75% yeah
2: wild to think about now, it, it now was, it, it just to, to kind of play on that, it is funny, right. though, how she's one of the very few who like parrots a lot of what um, Justin and Marshall say about process. She yeah. doesn't seem to actually care about the process of how the bills get passed and doing it the right way. So that it kind of plays along with what you saw there, despite the fact that she's, you know, Bernie Light or Bernie Extra, whatever. But it, it's it's interesting to see that.
1: Well, I, you, you see that parallel, too, with Bernie, right? Like, he doesn't vote for uh like the defense spending bills right that's a huge knock man that's, that's a huge constitutional knock if you vote for those things and and, yeah. and he doesn't so you're like oh cool he hasn't voted for like a continuing resolution and you know how long like that's i'm not saying bernie sanders is a good guy but at least right. he's not, he, there's not enough money involved for the the socialist <laughs> <for> the <next laughs> this is different you guys i guess even a broken I, clock is right twice a day <laughs>
0: Right. Yeah. Well, now, so that also brings up a good point. Like the, the scoring is a good thing to look at. Right. But also what comes into play with a lot of these congressional seats is the motivation as to why they vote yes or vote no. Right. The, the one problem I always have is a complete lack of transparency. They vote thumbs up, thumbs down. And it's not often that you hear the logic. Right. Like, so uh, I forget who was talking to. I think it was L.A. Sherman who was running against Den Crenshaw down in yeah. down in Texas. Right. And he was basically saying that in Congress, and I don't think this is uncommon knowledge, they'll load a, a bill with a bunch of pork in order to get it over the finish line. Right. So they're five votes short. They need to buy five votes. So they buy it with a ridiculous amount of pork that they add on to it. Everyone's OK who's voting yes on the bill with the pork because that now gives them something to run against. The next election cycle, it's like one hand washes the other, right? I, it, it's it's like a, uh, it's like creating your own market. <laughs> That's well,
1: exactly what it is. You know, I mean, you understand the military-industrial complex. There is a political-industrial complex, and mm-hmm. it is super isolated. And the thing is, is it may actually be more par- powerful than the military-industrial complex because they own social media, they own all of media, they own the polls, they own and that's that's a circular like shitty ice cream cone in itself right like you just you just you can't you, you don't get involved in poll or included in polls so you can't go to the debates and media won't cover you so you can't get into the poll like you're like this is this is all rigged it's all bullshit and the thing is is like it's paid access so the guys that are paying a hundred million dollars for a senate seat this year oh, yeah, here here's all the free press you can get, and we talk about each other, but let's not talk about that libertarian over there, for God's sakes. That guy's talking about constitution and peace and stuff. It's, nah, that doesn't sound good. You don't, we don't want anybody getting any crazy ideas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was the word you used, Shane? Cabal? You used the word cabal quite often, right?
1: Hell I, yeah, it's a cabal. For some
0: reason, so I, quite frankly, I, I, I like to think that I know words, okay? But when someone uses the word cabal, I'm always thinking of like Madonna, Okay, which also kind of shows my age. Like I have a young face, but like that shows my age, right? I don't even know if Mike, do you even know who Madonna is? Of
2: course, I know who. Madonna okay, is. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in the eighties. It's okay.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, in in terms of the use of the word cabal, like that that's basically what it is right it's like a a a a, a clubhouse you can't get into and they don't give a shit about you right it
1: is the fucking mob and that's the thing is like that and i say mob mafia like it oh yeah it's that it's that bad and worse because you i mean the thing is is like mike you you were talking earlier about like hey we all want to get to the same place right like we want those people taken care of listen I'm just not okay with the violent side of it, right? Like to, to get to your ends, your means suck, man. Like I was was talking with uh, one of the guys from hive the other day and he's British and from Birmingham. And I said, you know, Hey, if you're pointing guns at people to, you know, to enforce your ideas, like your ideas are garbage, man. And he's just like, this is, I've never heard that before. I was like, yeah, if, if a Marine combat vet thinks that pointing guns at people, you know, to achieve an end is wrong and you're okay with it, you probably need to check your moral compass a little bit.
2: That, that, that's the one thing that I use all the time that gets the, the most reaction. That it gets the most step back from people, right? Like you just sort of like, all right, cool, man. I get it. So you're okay with sending somebody with a gun to their house to force that to happen? What do you mean? Well, who do you think going to go to their house? If, if if they don't follow what you want, Who's going what's going to happen? Well, the cops are gonna go. All right. Well, what do the cops have? They have guns. And what happens if they don't follow them? And you, and you
1: walk them down the road, and they're like, the, their oh, brains start leaking out, out of their that? ear. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then oh. and then you, they're like, oh, you're just being bombastic. No, oh. no, no this is ridiculous. reality. You're
2: being ridiculous. Well, am I? Isn't that how that one guy got choked to death for selling loose cigarettes outside the store? Yeah. Didn't it start yeah. because somebody called someone because he was doing something that was illegal that really probably didn't need the cops? Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. And, and, it, and it, it just, it always gets them to be like, okay, but how? And then they ask the how, and then that, but that you broke down the wall, right? Like that's when you break down that wall and it's like, okay, cool. Now let's have a conversation. Yeah. Do, do either of you guys follow uh Eric D. July? Yeah.
0: All right. Yeah he put it to, I think it was today or yesterday on his live. He put it together. Cause he, he talked about like Eric Garner and a couple of those cases. And he was like, look, everyone wants to say it was the cop's fault. And yes, like they were, they were the hammer. Okay. The problem was what set that into motion was basically obtrusive government, obtrusive government oversight into a situation that the cops never should have been involved in, in the first place. Yeah. And so if you can connect those dots with someone you can like create that aha moment. But I think so many people see like the moment that something happens and they're not willing to chase that, you know, rabbit down the hole, so to speak, to think about, all right, well, what was the first domino that fell, right? Like this was the last one that fell. What was the first domino? I mean, like that, that's, I, I think about that constantly is like the, you know, the, the other analogy is the butterfly effect, right? Like when the butterfly flaps its wings, what happens like down the, down the chain? I think that's the biggest argument for why government needs to be as small as possible, because even the smallest intrusion on the part of government that is unconstitutional can end up snowballing into one of these situations where someone is killed, a war is started, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I could be, uh, Going off like half cocked here, but like that's that's basically where I come at it from. I can I can see why you're an anti-federalist from that way, Shane. Because if the federal government gets involved, I mean, you know, a, a blanket mandate almost never
1: serves pretty much anyone, right? Like, because it's all based off of the average person. Well, and the thing is, those guys called it. I mean, there's I think what 84 papers. Right, and they called they they're they're fucking prophets. Like they mm-hmm. just came out and they were like, "Look, this necessary and proper clause is general welfare clause." They're going to use these to usurp the very limited and defined specific you know specific powers. Like, and they yeah. just said they're going to do it through fear-mongering, th- fear-mongering for debt, for war, for things like that. They called them uh, what uh, hobgoblins and bugbears, and like <laughs> yeah. like you're just like these guys nailed it. 240-something, what, five years ago now almost? It's just like, guys, look, we've got this at our fingertips. They didn't teach it to us for a reason. They called this shit decentralized. And I'll, I'll, fun fun adage that I'm working on down here right now is I've got uh, Shelly Winters, who's a WSB, one of our big stations here in Georgia. Um, yeah. Started talking to him the other day. He's a black conservative, right? And he knows uh, Killer Mike, who I've been reaching out to for a long time. And Killer Mike actually endorsed John Ossoff in this race down here, which, yeah, you know, it, it, they, they, they don't come to liberty without being exposed to liberty. Right. Like right. You, you come up like how you were, unless, you know, you make a crossover like Shelley did. And he goes, oh, well, this is the only thing else out there. Right. But Shelley's like, hey, I actually think I'm kind of a libertarian. I just don't know that I have the guts to do it. So we're going to start putting together a coalition from here uh, to uh, Atlanta, to Savannah and South Georgia, where we go in and start saying, Hey, listen, we got guys with guns, right? Like we're armed to the teeth and we're going to define crime, you know? And, and I mean, no more fantasy crime, no more, you know, peaceful people crime. It is the real stuff. It's war, peace, negotiation, foreign commerce, uh, fraud, coercion, and vandalism, theft, and robbery, right? Like those are real crimes. Hey, sheriff, We're here to let you know, we are absolutely with you a hundred percent. If you need to go after these bad guys, call us. Now, if you start contacting and caging and killing people for other things out there, no worse enemy, right? Like that's, that's the Marine Corps in, in me coming out. It's like no better friend, no worse enemy. And you start to solve these problems. As long as we all can agree on those things, the nap, basically. We can start like decentralizing this here at home and keep those damn federal agents the hell out of our counties. Like that, yeah. thats what's gotta yeah. the nullification.
2: It's got to happen. Nullification—it's got. We've got. To, there's got to be a huge push for nullification, right? Yeah. Now. Every everything, right? even at yeah. the state level, right? Like you've got, you've got uh, Phil Murphy up here with all these crazy things with the with, with with banning more than ten people gathering. You know, and we got Thanksgiving around the corner. Each county that doesn't want to do it just needs to put an order out to all of localities inside the county and the county sheriff that this is not to be enforced, at the very least, on Thanksgiving Day. Like, on yeah. Thanksgiving Day, we will not be enforcing the gathering rule or, or EO from the from the governor because it's it's tyrannical and we're not doing it. And what are they going to do? They can't do anything. There's not enough forces throughout the state and there's not enough money throughout the state to force Ocean County to do it. Look, so uh, w- what's
0: interesting is when you started to see the lockdown abate, was when defiance started. They would have kept us locked down indefinitely if people didn't begin to defy, right? So, like, I've had a lot of questions or, or conversations with people about this, and it's the idea of authoritarian control in situations like COVID. And whether it makes sense to actually put a time frame on something or to not, right? Because if you put a time frame on something, the public gets antsy leading up to the time frame. If you don't put a time frame on it, you're kind of just saying, all right, we're just going to keep it in place as long as they're going to put up with this shit. And you know what? If you get enough social pressure involved, it might actually be a better like, control mechanism than saying, you know, some date six, nine, 12 months out in the future, we're going to let up on this stuff. Just don't put a date on it, but just continue on the cultural and social pressure. Like, wear your mask, stay inside. We're all going to die. You're going to kill grandma. Like, all that stuff is because it's actually more effective and lasts longer than saying three months, six months, nine months. Because if you keep kicking the can down the road, then people start to get antsy, right? If there's no endpoint in mind, I mean, that that point in time when people get antsy might be way out in the future, right? Like they, they might be down in the bunker waiting for the nuclear winds to go away after everything's done. Right. Like I'm, I'm getting a little sci fi on this, but um, a, a movie that I watched when when uh, the whole when the whole thing happened with George Floyd and everything like that, a movie that I watched, and I don't know if you guys have seen this, but. I think it was done, it's either carried on PBS or or it was uh, hosted on PBS for a while, but it's a movie called The Deacons for the Defense of Justice. Have you ever heard the story about the Deacons? Mm -hmm. All right, so uh, at a point in time, right, black folks were not allowed to vote. Uh, There was a group down in Louisiana and they wanted to vote. They were fighting for equality. This was actually in uh, a prelude to the 1969 Civil Rights uh, Amendment and Act, right? And they armed themselves and made sure that they could protect black voters going to the polls. Okay. That was like, that was, that was a moment when I watched that movie, I was like, I'm I'm freaking sold, man. Like everything that Mosh Toray talks about, I was like, I haven't lived that life, but I, I kind of, I don't understand it, but I get it now. Like I understand because a lot of people will sit there and talk about civil disobedience. They'll talk about, You know, owning firearms in the Second Amendment. And they'll be like, look, that's never going to happen. An oppressive government's not going to take over and do this all. We'll give our guns over. And then when we become skeptical, they'll give them back. Like, shut the fuck up. No, it's not going to happen. Right. They're going to take it. You'll never see them again. They'll melt it down. They'll turn them into chains and then they'll put them on your wrists like that's the way it happens. Um, but if you haven't seen that, I I think it's called, I think it's the name of the actual group deacons for defense and justice, um, might be something else, but if you Google it, you can, you can find it, but that's just like that. That's the idea, right? It's like the, the, the revolutionaries, you said it before, Shane, like we literally, uh, raised hell and killed people and put our lives on the line because they wanted to increase taxes on tea one shilling. Like that was that was our breaking point.
1: They and right crossed the river right? on Christmas Eve and killed the shit out of people for it.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 what's our breaking point now? Forced vaccination? That's not even the breaking point because you got half of people out there saying you got to get the shot. You got to get the shot. You got to get the wait, shot. Wait. one of right? the
2: breaking points was writs of assistance. The fact that they were able to just come to your door and say, "Hey, somebody told us you have illegal shit here," and then come in. Well, yeah. What is exactly happening right now when you snitch on your neighbor for having too many people at the house? Are they getting a warrant to come to the house? Are they Are they going through the courts to? No, they're showing up at your door, knocking on it, and then pulling everybody out and giving everybody tickets. They're doing exactly what, and what one of the major contentions was in the Declaration of Independence, and it, it, it's just mind blowing.
0: <laughs> So something I'm something I'm working on uh, that I want to put out there in the future is I want to go. I'm going to start with the Declaration of Independence and each one of those grievances that the the writers of the Declaration had against the king. I want to go one by one in each episode would be like two minutes. It'll talk about the impetus for why they wrote that. And then the present day example of how we have the same fucking shit right now that they fought against.
1: You'll like, love this. Like as soon as. Kemp came out with the order i went down and met my my sheriff here in cherokee county because i just moved over here at the time in january and i said hey man uh just wanted to say hello this is who i am this is what i'm doing and uh i'm gonna have an armed protest down at uh at the, the city uh hall here it's canton uh in canton georgia here in north georgia and he was like yeah cool right on <laughs> so we showed up I mean, and the and the Boog boys, like a bunch of vets with guns showed up right at the opportune time because they had blocked off the parking lot. And I was like, what the fuck? You know, like you're blocking us off from our courthouse. And they're like, well, we're charged with court that courthouse. I said, per the Constitution, Article six, section three, you're charged. With protecting your or protecting the Constitution, that's it, man. And so we said we're going to march up there, and you guys can fuck off. And we did that. And so what I did at that point is I had rewritten the uh, Declaration of Independence for now, for everything that they've done, gone bullet by bullet, incorporated what I could from Thomas Jefferson. But I'll tell you right now, like a lot of what Thomas Jefferson did. Uh, in terms of giving some, some gravitas to the the state, like the state and the government isn't here to serve you, right? It can't be the, the state can only exist by taking your life, liberty and property. And so when we start to understand that instead of saying, oh yeah, you know, they're a, a necessary evil. No, they're not. No, there sh- they sure aren't. We don't need people taking life, liberty, and property from people by force. And so uh, I, I probably need to re reread it at some point and put it out there again. But uh, man, I'll tell you, if, if anybody's looking for something like that in current time, I'll happily send you the word copy.
0: Yeah, I, what's funny is I don't know if you have this mic in um, or you, Shane. Like in my town, we're we're or the I'm in the township, but the town I'm right next to. They're they're a Democrat haven in a Republican county. OK, and every single July 4th, they read the declaration in the center of town and myself and my wife sit there and we roll our eyes like we go to legitimately listen to the reading of the declaration and the, you know, the, the clapping and the, you know, huzzah, huzzah. And you're like, you have no you have no clue what that person just said. You have no idea the words that just came out of their mouth
2: because of what exists right now.
0: Do you have that, Mike? Do they do that uh, in Monmouth County?
2: No, no. What I'm familiar with. I'm sure one or yeah. two of the towns does, but no.
0: I'm familiar with it. George Washington slept here once, so that's why we do it. <laughs> <laughs> right there.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: I found it. <laughs> but that's that's really the dynamic that we have nowadays is, is people that um, – you know, they'll, they'll cheer for the headline and they have absolutely no, they also have no critical thinking skills, right? There's, there's absolutely no, or, or a a better term for it would be, you know, they have no bullshit meter. Like the, the stuff that gets said, like, I mean, just bringing up the constitutional voting record of, of the Republicans. If you asked someone who doesn't do that due diligence, you would think that they were like, you know, Jefferson themselves, like trying to make sure that things are being protected. They're, they're the furthest thing from it. Because they're, they're, you know, and, and also the hypocrisy is, I love this one, saying that Biden is carving up the state or the country and giving it to China, and then having other people who are like, they disagree with him, but they don't disagree that the country should be carved up. They disagree on who it should be sold to, <laughs> right? Like, that's the difference. It's like, I'm going to take your stuff, but no, 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 he's wrong because he's giving it to the wrong person. Like, that's not wrong the way this Yeah, exactly. Right. I so let me transition, Shane. So, um, in terms of kind of like your view for the future, right, and how this plays out with the runoffs, I have these two have uh, Purdue or uh, who's the the Democrat again?
1: Ossoff, right? Yeah, 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 John Ossoff.
0: Have they approached you and been like, "Hey, you know, is there something that we can find common ground on here so that you know maybe you'll endorse them or or give them a good word?"
1: Yeah. So, uh, I, obviously I've opened up my show to him. I said, Hey, you know, come sit down, call me, let's talk, whatever. And, uh, Purdue did. Um, it took him a little over a week. Uh, I think about a week and two days to give me a call, had a great conversation for two hours. Uh, it was mostly me talking to him. So he listened to, and I will give him credit, you know, he, like, you know, he brought out the, the good old, Hey, my dad said that if you ever wanted somebody to to help you or endorse it, you, you you go ask them man to man. And so I was like, Hey, you know what? Good on you. Uh, and it was a very respectful conversation. I I will definitely give them that. And I think you know, he, he's like a he's a pragmatist, right? Like he's that guy that thinks, oh, well, I can do a little here or I can do a little there. And all of a sudden you got a 20 percent damn constitutional voting record. Um, John Ossoff has not. And I don't think he will. Uh, he keeps calling out uh, Purdue to have like six more, you know, debates. And I'm like, man, nobody wants to hear you guys talk anymore like and i have apologized to everybody out there hey if you're if you're seeing john ossoff and david perdue commercials i'm sorry that uh <laughs> <laughs> that we pushed that further <laughs> yeah but uh no hey and the thing is is i'm probably gonna put a time limit on john put the uh you know the, the shot uh clock on him and say hey you got till friday man and uh but i think uh i think david uh will follow through he's probably gonna take a bit of a beating when he does but at the yeah. same time it's gonna be respectful it's gonna be based in the constitution and his oath and you know, like it's, this is just fun, man. Like, it's just, Hey, like, look guys, you know, we don't want to be here. Like, I don't want to waste my time, you know, running for office. I don't want to be involved in politics, but you guys have left me no fucking choice. Like, (laughs) like I I, got to stand now because when I die and my kids are looking at me, I don't want them to think I was a a, a weak schmuck, man. Like just, you know, did, did you stand up and were you counted when the, when it really, you know, when the chips were down and, uh, these guys, I'll tell you what, their legacy is going to be trash, man. Dustman in history. Nobody will remember them.
0: Yeah. Well, well, one thing, one point that you made, Mike, was this is the example of how you can be effective even not
2: winning a race, right? Absolutely. I mean, this is the exact example of what, what could happen just by putting your name out there and being on the ballot. Yeah, you may not win, but let me tell you right now, Shane's winning. Like, I'd, I'd say, you know, all, all the hate is winning. Like any, Donald all,
1: Trump tweeted it earlier. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's got to be true. It was on Twitter. <laughs> but, you know, all these people coming after him and everyone's attacking him. Why? Why? Because he has influence now. Yep, and if, yeah. you know, the election is going to be swayed based off of how people read him or how people read uh, the voters that voted for Shane. Yeah, not all of them are libertarians, right? Like, it's not, sure. there's not, a and, I don't think there's 112,000 registered libertarians in Georgia. Um, you know, if there is, you guys are doing a great job, but if there's not, then, you know, that's, those people are going to vote. Well, all of those people are going to vote for somebody in this runoff. And let me tell you, going on his show, whoever goes on his show is going to definitely reap the benefits from it. And that could, listen, the radical podcast with Shane Hazel could decide the power of control in the Senate. And I've been saying it for two weeks and I'm going to keep saying it because it's true, man. It's, it's. It's true. So you can put your name out there. You don't got to spend a red cent. You just got to be principled and honest and who you are and true to yourself. And you can make so, it. Good. So I had a little bit of
0: a rant the other day after the election because obviously true to form with libertarians, you know, there were certain races that did not end up as successful as they had hoped ended up. And there were it was a torrent of posts of oh the libertarians can't do anything and they're not successful and they can't run good races and all this other stuff. And I the 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 rant is entitled ride or die. Like that's what we need. We need ride or die. Okay. Damn like right. Yeah. If if you want to hit your wagon, that's fine. But we need a handful of horses that are pulling this thing forward that just say, get behind us, shut the fuck up, and we're going this way. Right. Let's like go. that's that's what has to happen. I, I think you're one of those, I think you're one of those cats, Shane. Like that that's that is a message that needs to be put out in front of people because look, yeah, as libertarians, we're not like, you know, the collective is greater than the individual because we believe in the individual. At the same time, the principles are pretty freaking important, right? So you gotta run for those principles. You gotta head in that direction. And look, if people follow you over the hill, great. If they don't, then you know, whatever. You take your lumps and you try again, you know. Um, but so that being said, are, are you who were like your influences? Are you like a Ron Paul libertarian? Are you, you know, uh, kind of, you know, older than that, younger than that? Who were your influences in terms of what brought you kind of to the libertarian party and the libertarian mindset?
1: Um, so I, I grew up total neocon. I, I'm I'm sure, uh, you know, maybe just looking at me, you kind of see some remnants of that in uh, and and wh- where I've been and what I've done. But uh, you know, I, you're I think- like
0: the pastor who says, uh, you know, the. You have to know someone who has sin to lead you because they've seen the wrong, right? Like they've done the wrong thing.
1: <laughs> well, there's a great meme out there that I, I keep referencing. It's uh, the farmer's commercial guy, right? Like, why don't yeah. veterans trust the government? Because we 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 we've we've seen a thing or two, right? Yes. Yep. Like, yeah. Um. So in the Battle of Fallujah, honestly, in 2004 in November, uh, we got done pushing uh, probably towards December sometime. We got a little bit of reprieve back at the uh, the base, and no kidding, I, I opened up John Taylor Gatto and started reading about how the American school system was based on the Prussian school system, where they just wanted all of these you know very moldable uh, little minds that they could you know patriot and then go push off into battle. Right? I'm sitting there going. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Here Ooh. I am. I fell for it. Ultimately, yes. Yeah. <laughs> fuck it. They got me. Damn it. It was the ultimate irony. And like John Taylor Gatto was one of my first ones. And thank God he was because you start to see it at the root. Like you're like, God, America fucked up a long time ago mm-hmm. and handing their children into a government and compulsory government indoctrination program that has destroyed. You know, the ability to be a self-thinker, an entrepreneur, somebody that, you know, hangs their own shingle and all that kind of stuff. So um, John Taylor got who got me started. Ron Paul brought me along a good bit. Um, and then I really, you know, I said, I with that tool I was talking about earlier with the Constitution, I was like, I got to learn. You know, I, I've got to go back to the drawing board. So it was the anti-federalist. And then I met this amazing woman, uh, Chris Ann Hall, and she's more of a federalist, I think, than I am. But I'll tell you right now, you want to talk about a J.D. that... Gets it and can talk it and preach it and knows the history and like just lives, eats and breathes that kind of stuff. I I was her. uh, And then I got some, you know, Lysander Spooner and all that fun stuff. And I was just like, oh, yeah, man, this is a parchment barrier. We're here because of this piece of shit. And like, I'll accept it in my lifetime, but we should be better than that as human beings. And, uh, I, I guess, um, I'll tell you right now, like uh, I look at a lot of people out there that are doing amazing things, right? Like anybody who's running their podcast, anybody who's running for office, like they're, they are not to be overlooked in the, in the greater scheme of everything that's going on. Because I'll tell you, as you're grinding to try to make, a name for yourself or push a movement like that's to be respected and it is tough it, it it wears most people out and everything but i mean i love the guys that are also out there like you mentioned earlier like eric july and uh you know they're like i'm never going to be part of your fucking system <laughs> you <guys laughs> can your system's fucked up and the, and the sooner it's gone the better um i mean you him, know what, you... You know what I appreciate about guys
0: like that. I'm sorry to cut you off, but you know oh, what I yeah. appreciate about uh, Eric and even Maj. Right? They're not. They're not easy sells. Right? Like it's not just because you have the you have the jersey on of the Libertarian Party that they're going to follow you. Like right. that's not who they are. It, I mean, for the most part, I think both of them would consider themselves leaders and not followers. Right? So like they would rather develop a following and then kind of like you're doing in this Senate race, like bringing religion to the people that have an opportunity of sitting in those seats. Right. And, and if, and if that's the case, they're having an impact, like not just, you know, not just putting in and building a machine, they're having a educational ideological impact on the population at large and allowing them to make a decision to come in this direction. And if you don't, you don't, right? Like, but they're bringing them that information. That's that's pretty crucial. It's like uh, you know, just because you hang an L an L or an L P after your name doesn't mean that they're gonna be less critical or more forgiving of you. That's for sure. Oh no.
1: <laughs> well and what a great endorsement not to be liked by Sarwalk, right? Like holy shit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, I, I like that guy. I like it.
0: <laughs> well so i that being said how do you how do you see this playing out do you do you think uh purdue eeks in i mean he was basically just short of the 50 right
1: yeah i mean this state is uh it's it, it's not blue it's not purple like the people down here are red white and blue and they believe in justice and in the american way and all that stuff and they've been a little swayed by you know things like Q and MAGA Nation and all this bullshit out there that's not real, uh, in terms of hope, right? Like you know, it's it's the same bag of bullshit that Barack Obama peddled. It was it was hope and change, and you know, you know, I'm your messiah, right? Like, no, guys, you are your own power. And when you start figuring out that you guys can do shit together, like it's amazing what one person can do. I think so. Here's the deal I don't care. You know, and, and that's like people are like, well, wouldn't you rather have gridlock? I don't trust Purdue to be gridlock. I don't. And, you know, he supported gun control. He was a deciding vote on uh, ISPs earlier in the year. He has come out and supported Brian Kemp, who is a lockdown, uh, you know, tyrant down here. Um, our our ability to assemble, invaded our, our businesses with all sorts of bureaucracy for, quote unquote, safety. Like, fuck, I don't I don't know. Like, I, I it's 2020 and AOC's got a better fucking record than he does like it's just like i don't i don't know and maybe i shouldn't care and i don't care and i don't think it'll be any different either way
0: yeah yeah
1: that's I, a weird that, thing that no
0: no that's a, that's a good point though i mean i think it's that that is something that needs to be that needs to be vocalized because People think that they're going to get such a stark contrast in their government if they vote one way or the other. And the truth of the matter is that it's almost by design, like as polar as they are, they're still not that far apart, right? Mm-hmm. Like the the they're they're maybe just more adamant about those kind of small differences. Again, like they don't disagree on spending more than they take in. What they disagree on is what they spend it on. Right. Like that, that is, that is not a big difference. That's a
2: small difference that they kind of like, you know, who are your lobbyists? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Right. Look at who Biden's bringing into his white house, Cindy McCain. Like he's bringing, he's bringing neocons into his white house. They're Republicans that he's bringing, like they're the same people. It's which, which by the way, to invoke the name AOC is
0: interesting here and the name Bernie because, and, and uh, even like the Elizabeth Warrens, right. Biden's election is almost a defensive move to retain the Democratic Party of old, right? All of the more radical voices within the Democratic Party, if they had lost in this election, specifically the presidential election, I mean, heads were going to roll. You already see Pelosi's on the hot seat. She might not have enough votes in order to retain the speakership because of the losses that they had down ballot. So I, I think what you're seeing is. This is like the last hurrah. And quite frankly, if Ossoff does end up winning and say there is like a a basically a unfettered democratic block of voting that happens across the legislature and the executive branch, that might just accelerate us in the direction we need to go. Right. Like it it just might rip the bandaid off faster so that people are like, holy crap, this is awful. Right. Um, But but quite frankly, like that's the way I see it is the. The Biden victory actually probably puts off the socialist revolution for four years. You know, Um, do you kind of see it that way, Shane?
1: I hope so, man. I I, I mean, all I can sit here and hope is, is when we're not, you know, when it's not MAGA blinded by this bullshit Q, you know, psyop that the tough guys finally find their fucking guns and their balls and go out and say, no, we're not going to stand for this shit anymore. Like that's. That's what they've done. They've lulled these guys into a slumber where they're going to be, you know, you know, hopefully hoping for their Messiah and Donald Trump to pull one out of the buzzer. That's the that's the big question, isn't it? Like at that point, man, maybe that's the best because now you're uncomfortable. Now you see the elections are bullshit. You see this entire system that doesn't is like a two tier justice system that nobody paid, although he said People are going to pay. Hillary's going to be locked up. You know, all these guys like Clapper and Brennan and, and, and Strzok and Page and McCabe and uh, Mueller. Like, nobody paid for shit. And we're sitting here yeah. going, hey, we told you. We told you Q was bullshit. We told you MAGA was bullshit. This is reality. And, you know, we've been consistent. So uh, maybe, maybe they wake up yeah. and they go. Those are the guys because I'll tell you, you know, look at what happened over in uh, what the UK earlier this year, right? When they when they said we're done with you, European Union, we're done, and that party that came up, it came up in a matter of months. Yeah. Month. So, so let me let me ask you about that because the the
0: the most the most died in the wool blues here in 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 the country in the United States think that people were duped. Right. That, that Brexit was something where it was a charlatan. What was it? Farage for, for or whatever the guy was, was yeah, a neither. charlatan that sold them on, on BS. Right. And they watched John Oliver and it reinforces it and all this other stuff. I mean, my take was if you're going to be linked at the hip with someone, you're going to want some kind of say in how they run their finances because you got the same currency. Now, to their credit, they didn't pick up the same currency. That was the smartest thing that they did. Right. Right. But that being said, I mean, that was really my take on it. I mean, do you, do you kind of see it a similar way or do you think they were taken for a ride?
1: Oh no, man. I like, I do business internationally. And so I got a bunch of limey friends over there and I love them to death (laughs) and they can't stand, you know, they, they were like, well, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. Right. And like, we're like yeah, it, it's going to be a little bit of pain in the beginning. Sure, there might be a little bit of pain, but in the end, we're not sending our taxes off to some centralized planner that is full of shit, right? Like there's we're yeah. we, er, things that don't concern us. What the the irony of it is is they don't want to go let go of Ireland or Scotland, right? And and there are people that are driving for secession in both of those places as well. It's like hey, you know, these people don't want to be part of your shitty government. Maybe let them go.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I I don't know what's worse is 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 it worse to be a taxpayer in the socialist country or is it worse to be a taxpayer in the country that subsidizes the socialist country? <laughs> I don't know what's worse. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think England's probably in the better position, but that's just kind of my my inclination there. Uh, <laughs> but I. Uh, Look, uh, th- this is awesome, man. I, 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 I could go on for hours. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate you, Mike, for, for taking the time out. Um, if, if people want to reach you, they want to find out more about you, Shane, um, where can they go to find out more about who you are and what you stand for?
1: Yeah, Radical Pod is uh, my, my podcast. RadicalPod.com is the website. Uh, you can find uh, everything there in terms of what I am, what I stand for. It's even got my, um, my wife's blog on there for homeschooling. Um, her name is Meredith and check her out. If you're, if you're thinking about homeschooling, if you're looking at homeschooling, we're going to be shifting gears, uh, you know, kind of out of politics. It won't be completely gone. Um, but we're going to do some real fun stuff over there and I'm going to do, uh, you know, a lot of interviews with my kids in terms of teaching, uh, civics and, 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 economics at a, at a very low level. Uh, they can go to Twitter, Shane T Hazel, um, Facebook, Shane Hazel, GA. Um, and I mean, I don't know, it's, you just type in Shane Hazel. I'm pretty sure you'll you'll find something.
0: Yeah, I. They should definitely follow you on Twitter because you you spit freaking fire all day long. I <laughs> I love I love a politician who isn't like you. You're you're not. The best thing is you're calculating because you don't fly off the handle. Your caps lock doesn't get stuck like Trump start, <laughs> right? Like, but you spit fire all day long. I I love it. I absolutely love it. Like I I wait to see when I get the notification on my phone and it's like. Shane Hazel has tweeted. I'm like, oh shit! What did he say now? Like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is why he will never get elected. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. You never know. That could change. We'll see. That could change one day. Um. So, what uh, do you do? You have plans to run for another office after this?
1: No. didn't <laughs> okay. Oh man, I'm I'm still here. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah. So I I I don't have plans. I didn't have plan to run for this office. Uh, and so. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like I showed up at the convention, they were like, "Hey, you want to do this?" And I was like, "Not really." And they said, "Well, <laughs> you're you're in front of the crowd." And they said, "Yeah." And I said, "All right, man." So I don't know, man. Brian Kemp uh, is uh, not great for Georgia, and so I don't know. It seems like my my history and legacy might just be knocking, you know, shitty Republicans off. And if if that's the case, and I get to show people more and more um, how shitty the GOP is, we'll see. Uh, I mean. There's some some people, dreamers, are like, oh, 2024. I'm like,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no. No, yeah, it's yeah. no it's, it starts right now. 2021, we got a couple of races, and 2022, we got a couple. And we got you, A bunch
1: of races. If, if there are people in your crowd that are listening, whoever's going to be the president nominee for the LP, they need to get started now. And we can't do any of this weak shit that we did this time around. God bless Spike. I, I love him to death. Joe, we we got to have somebody with fire. I mean, you yeah. got to gotta have somebody that wants to fucking fight and not yeah. only wants to fight, but is fucking real good at it, right? Like, I mean, yeah. we're, we're talking like, I don't know, Smiths, Julys, uh, Maj, Torre, Tom Woods, like guys that want to throw down and are ready for it right now. And th- I'll tell you right now, why not?
0: Yeah, M- most definitely. Most definitely. 100%, brother. <laughs>
2: I, Mike, if people want to connect with you, where can they find you? Honestly, the best place to connect with me right now is Twitter, at Rufo4Congress, uh, the number four. Um, it's the easiest and most active place that I am. Uh, you can still hit my website, runrufo2020.com. That still works. The email there still works. Everything there still works, so it's not going to go anywhere. But uh, that's that's the easiest way to get me. It's the easiest way to find me. It's the easiest way to follow me. So just hit me on Twitter right now. Um, working on trying to build a parlor following if anybody wants to jump on parlor. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wait, what's your thought on that, Shane? If you guys uh, two episodes ago, it's episode sixty-seven. Uh, I should say just one episode ago, sixty-seven. If you guys haven't heard of Hive, decentralized social media, Hive. it is. Uh, I'm t- I am so excited about this, and I am going to push it everywhere I can. Hive, uh, yeah, parlor centralized Twitter, all, of this, all of the all the the mainstream social medias are. Are um, centralized. This is built on a blockchain for decentralization so that you can never have your stuff taken down. You can never be deplatformed. It is what Bitcoin is to currency. And I'm telling you right now, man, like the more I find out about it, the more excited I am about it. Thank you again for
0: tuning in. This is a quick reminder to subscribe, like, share, and comment to help get the message of liberty and freedom in front of as many folks as possible. See you next time on Why Libertarian. I'm not afraid of